Once again, I want to welcome everyone here this morning. Uh, if you don't know, my name's James, uh, one of the one of the elders here. Uh, this morning, I'm going to endeavor to to give to you a message that uh, entitled "The Righteous Shall Live by His Faith." We're going to be in the book of uh, Habakkuk this morning. Now, the book of Habakkuk is actually one of my favorite books in the Bible. And uh, we'll kind of get into that as we move along. A little book in the Old Testament. Uh, only three chapters. Our text this morning is going to be uh, just 21 verses, uh, all of chapter 1 and in the first four verses of chapter 2. We're going to bring out some things from all three chapters, but uh, that's going to be our primary text this morning. Uh, felt last week that uh, this message was uh, teed up for me very well by Kyle's message uh, of faithfulness and trusting in God uh, because that's once again what we're going to be dealing with this morning. Uh, Habakkuk, uh, there's not a lot known about him other than from his book. Uh, it's believed that the book of Habakkuk was, I mean, even that name, Habakkuk, that's fun to say, amen? That's it's fun to say. So Habakkuk uh, was written uh, somewhere between 640 and 615 B.C. Uh, it was towards the end of the Assyrian uh, power that uh, they were under. Uh, Assyria would soon to be uh, weakened in their power. And this was a prophecy that would be fulfilled uh, at least two decades after the book was written, it may have been three or four decades after the book was written, uh, of how God was going to raise up uh, the nation of Babylon or the Chaldeans, that they were going to come and uh, overtake Assyria uh, and usurp their power, and Assyria would be, their power would be no more. And Habakkuk is a prophet, so this is a prophetic book, but Habakkuk is also a book of poetry. Much of it is written, and uh, if you look at uh, the, the structure of the book, of uh, the sentences, uh, it's structured in uh, most of, not all, but most of the verses are constructed either in uh, what's referred to as couplets or triplets, either two verses to each, uh, two sentences to each verse or three sentences to each verse. Now, every verse doesn't uh, apply to that. Uh, Hebrew poetry is not like poetry that we know of as today. But uh, so Habakkuk is not only a book of prophecy, it is also a book of poetry, which kind of, uh, once again, is another reason why I like I uh, like this book. Um, I love the character character of Habakkuk. 
and what we can learn from him as we approach uh, a holy God. Amen. So we find out, uh, like I said, there's not a whole lot known about Habakkuk uh, other than his book. Uh, it's believed that uh, he even lived uh, among the time of Daniel and Ezekiel. Uh, there is there is also a uh, in the Jewish Bible there is a uh, addition to the book of Daniel uh, called Baal and the Dragon uh, that says that Habakkuk was actually used by God to go feed Daniel while Daniel was in the lion's den. Now, that's not in our Bible, so take it for what, you, what, it, what it's worth. But it was just an interesting uh, side note that I picked up. Even the many times I've studied this book, I've never come across that reference before. But as we study this book this morning, go over the scriptures, it's real easy to read Habakkuk's story and think that Habakkuk was doubting God, that Habakkuk was actually had no faith in some of the language that he uses. Um, Habakkuk is very... Uh, has a very accusatory tone that he uses with God. He actually accuses God of some things in our, in our text this morning. Uh, but don't put Habakkuk into the category of the unfaithful or the doubtful. He's actually very faithful. And he, he, we can find out through the text this morning that he has not lost his faith in God. Uh, the actual fact that he is praying to God uh, uh, shows his faithfulness, that he still believes in God. In a book called Faith Among the Ruins, the book of Habakkuk written by Heath Thomas, he writes this, the complaints in Habakkuk chapter 1 verses two through four, assume that God will counteract violence and chaos precisely because it is his creation, that it has become disordered. If the prophet did not think that God was a caring Lord over his creation, it is sensible to suggest that he would have given up and that Habakkuk would never have voiced his prayer. But the prophet, prophet refuses to take this course Habakkuk recognizes that God fashioned this world with justice and knows that the experience of some twisted form of partiality that passes for justice is incompatible with God's design and intention for his good world. So therefore, uh, you know, like I said, we want to look at this in the uh, scope of Habakkuk's faithfulness this morning, not as a man uh, that has lacked faith. Even in uh, his time of frustration, in the times that he didn't understand why this was going on, when God gave him uh, a vision of the future uh, 
overtaken by the Chaldeans. He still didn't fully understand until God completely uh, showed him all the vision. So uh, let's remember this morning uh, what it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. It says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Now why should we hold our confession? Since we have a great high priest whose name is Jesus. It goes on and says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that's exactly what we find out here in the book of Habakkuk. Now, we're getting ready to, to read our word and I'm going to ask you to stand here momentarily. Uh, and just as a side note, uh, if you were in Sunday school a few weeks back, we studied about after Jeremiah brought the third wave of the Jews back from Babylon. Um, Ezra brought the second wave. Jeremiah brought the third wave. When, he, when Jeremiah comes back, he still finds that there's many that are uh, still in idolatry against God. And he comes back and they, they build this platform. And Ezra, the priest, stands on the platform and he reads uh, the book of the law. And it says that uh, all, the, all the people of Israel, men, women, and all the, those that could understand, so uh, all those that were of age that could understand God's word was there. And it said as he, as he uh, opened the book of the, of the law that the people stood. And then when on cue, the people would say, Amen, Amen. So when we ask you to stand for the Reading of God's word is not just on ceremony. It is actually an act of worship. This is what the people of Israel were doing when Ezra opened up the book of the law to read. So never assume that we ask you to stand for the reading of God's word just because it's a, a piece of ceremony or just a, something that we do. It's actually an extension of our worship. Amen? So this morning we're going to be reading Habakkuk chapter 1 beginning with verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 4. And if you are able, I ask you to stand. And when I'm done reading, I will say, this is the word of the Lord, and I ask that you respond. Thanks be to God. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law is paralyzed, 
and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. And the Lord answers Habakkuk, starting in verse 5, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. Then Habakkuk brings a second complaint to God. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors? and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he. You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet, so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury, and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? Chapter 2, verse 1. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Once again, the Lord answers Habakkuk, verse 2, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up, It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father God, I praise you. I magnify you for your word. I thank you for truth. I thank you that you are a God of justice. You are a God of order. And Father, we may not all always understand, but you are constantly making sense of the chaos. Let us, Father, not lean upon our own understanding, but lean upon you 
Help us to receive from your word this morning. Father, I ask that you will give me the words to say that I can relay what you have given to me to those here. Father, let us be able to understand your word this morning. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The big ideal for today's sermon uh, is this. Even in our frustrations over our current situations, we can always put our faith in Jesus, who is actively working in the background of our lives to bring about good. Even in our frustrations over our current situations, we can always put our faith in Jesus, who is actively working in the background of our lives to bring about good. Who's ever been frustrated over a situation in your life? The rest of you that didn't raise your hand, you're lying. <laughs> it's easy to be frustrated. It's easy to uh, allow ourselves to... And the reason why we get so frustrated is because we're naturally selfish people. As humans, because of sin, our number one response, our quick, the quick response whenever something happens we don't like or we have to wait and we don't want to wait, it is because we are selfish people. And our instinct is to preserve ourselves. And that's because of sin. We are selfish people because of sin. But we don't have to stay selfish people, amen? So what we see here today is Habakkuk praying to God, and it's actually, I like the phrase, here we go again. There was a cadence in the military that we would sing a lot. Uh, here we go again, same old stuff again. Just the same day over and over. And what we find here in the book of Habakkuk is exactly that. Uh, we find out that throughout the Old Testament, we find the story of God's people committing themselves to follow God's law. But then God's people would turn their back on him. They would uh, serve other gods. They would commit spiritual idolatry against God. God would bring judgment upon his people. They would cry out for help. God would come and deliver his people. His people would then commit themselves to follow his laws and follow his commandments. And then after a while, they would turn their back on God. God would bring judgment. And the, and the cycle would go on and on and on. We find that throughout the Old Testament. And here, once again, we see, the nation, we see God's people in this situation. They were under the Assyrian authority because of their sinfulness, because they had turned their back on God. 
So once again, God was using uh, one of his chosen ones, Habakkuk, uh, to show a, a prophecy that was going to happen. Like I said earlier, it was since, uh, at least two decades from the time God spoke to Habakkuk and gave him the vision of the Chaldeans coming and they would, God was raising them up to punish Assyria. But in the process, Assyria would be punished because they had oppressed uh, the Jewish people. But in the process, the Chaldeans would wipe out the Assyrians, but they would still be over God's people. So God's people would still be under other people's authority. So through this all, Habakkuk just didn't understand. In Psalm chapter 13, David declares, O Lord, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Goes on and says, How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? There are absolutely times in our life that we, we are frustrated. We don't know why things are happening. We don't know why uh, we're in this situation. Now, here they were in this situation because of sin. But just because we're going through a situation doesn't mean it's sin. Lots of times it just means it's life. Amen? And we have a smaller crowd this morning. And I have a lot to say. Uh, but the more feedback I get, the quicker I can go. So if I don't get a lot of feedback, we may be here a little longer. I'm just saying. Uh, so this morning, I want to direct your attention back to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Now Habakkuk pleads for God's intervention from the Assyrian captivity. And we find out in chapter 1, verse 2, that he cries out, How long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? He says here, Or cry out to you violence and you will not save. This word violence means injustice. It means harsh treatment. It references rude, wicked men. And this word, uh, he says, how long will you not save? This word save means to be liberated from external evils. External evils. So he's asking, how long will you allow these rude, wicked, unjust men to be over us and afflict us from their evils? How long will you not save us from, from these people? Verse 3 tells them, you make me see iniquity, which is trouble or sorrow or idolatry or wickedness. He says, destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So he references that there are disputes. We find out later on that there is public hostilities. There's just... People are at one another. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like 
the world we live in. You were among the home groups that studied the uh, yep, that's it. Uh, I, I forgot the book of the Bible now. Uh, the book that Solomon wrote, Ecclesiastes. Thank you. Uh, if you if you were in the home group uh, that studied on the book of Ecclesiastes, you know that, that there's nothing new under the sun. That history does repeat itself. That's just not something that someone made up. Uh, history does repeat itself. And we're seeing this here. We're seeing it in our own lifetime. So Habakkuk actually accuses God of willfully ignoring what's going on in the nation. He accuses God. He's, he, he's very accusatory in his communication, in his dialogue with God. And this is one of the right reasons why I love the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk teaches that we can be honest with God. We have a high priest that understands us. He understands everything that we go through. For he is tested just as we, he is tested in every aspect as we are, yet without sin. So we can be honest with God. Never think that you can't be honest when you're, when you're praying to God. Never think you can't be honest. God welcomes that. That's why he says, come boldly before the throne of grace. He was very honest. He was very raw emotionally in his dialogue with God. And in Habakkuk's opinion, there are four things that are happening because in Habakkuk's opinion because God is, is allowing these things to go on. The verse, verse one is, is that the law of Moses is paralyzed. That's the first thing. He says, you're not answering my prayers, and because you're not answering my prayers, these four things are happening in, my, in, this is in Habakkuk's mind, Habakkuk's, Habakkuk's opinion. The law of Moses is paralyzed. And this word paralyzed means to be cold, or to be ineffective, or to be numb. He tells, basically he's telling God, your people have turned away from the law. And because the law is paralyzed, the heat of your judgment, the people no longer feel. And because they no longer feel the hot, the heat of your judgment, they are numb to the intended effectiveness of your law. And Habakkuk accuses God of allowing this to happen. The second thing that he accuses God is that justice never goes forth. Justice never goes forth. Once again, it goes back. You're not answering my prayers. And the law is paralyzed. And because the law is paralyzed, justice never goes forth. Number three tells them that the wicked surround the righteous. This is in verse, in verse four, he says, 
So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous. And this word surround gives the uh, meaning of as an enemy surrounds its foe. So he's declaring God, and in, in, once again, in Habakkuk's opinion, the law is paralyzed. Justice never goes forth. The, right, right, the wicked are is outnumbered by the righteous. And number four, the fourth thing in Habakkuk's opinion is because the wickedness are more than the righteous, that what justice does go forth, it goes, from, goes forth perverted. Justice goes forth perverted. And this word perverted means crazy or confused or to be bent out of shape. It also means to be crooked or crooked justice, which also sounds like the world we live in today. So in the back of mind, this is, God, you're not answering my prayers. And because you're not answering my prayers, these are the things that are happening. And Habakkuk, like I said, he was very honest with God. He was very raw emotionally with God. And it teaches us that we can be honest with God. We can come to God with emotion. We can come to God with our, with our doubts and our, our worries, our fears. And we can trust that God hears us. Now, the Lord answers Habakkuk here in verse 5 of chapter 1. And he tells him, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. So the Lord answers, and the first thing he tells them is that I am doing a work. See, Habakkuk, Habakkuk didn't, didn't see this. He didn't know what, was, what, was, what God had planned. God wasn't in heaven scratching his head saying, oh my, the Assyrians are over my people. What am I going to do? God knew what he had in plan, that he was fixing to tell Habakkuk because God was already working out all the details of Israel's situation to once again bring, him, bring them close to him. And I want you to look at verse 6 here in chapter 1. Remember, this, is, this was written at least two decades before this prophecy was fulfilled, but look at verse 6 specifically, and I want you to see how God uses the present tense in his response to Habakkuk. This isn't, this, this isn't a, I'm, I'm going to look at the present tense here. He says, for, for behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans. I am. That's present tense. Not that I will. I am. See, in God's mind, this is, our, he, this is already in place. That bitter and hasty, hasty nation. He says, uh, says that they are dreaded and fearsome. They are. Once again, present tense. Their horses are. He tells them in verse 7, Excuse me, verse 8. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening, evening wolves. Their horsemen press on. 
And then he tells them they're more fierce than the evening wolves. These are all present tense uh, language that God is using with, with Habakkuk. So even though Habakkuk didn't understand what was going on, God already had a plan. God already had a plan in place. And in God's mind, it was already happening because the plan is happening. The thing was, Habakkuk didn't see it, and we don't see it. We don't always see it because God doesn't always reveal every step. But what we have to do, we're charged to do as individuals, as believers, is to trust God for the next step. I've said this before, that God is a connect-the-dot God. However many, how, how, how many remember those, those uh, pages that you got in grade school that had nothing but dots on it? Either A, B, C, D, or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and you would start at A or you start at 1 and you'd go to the next dot and go to the next dot and go to the next dot. Where sooner, sooner or later, once you got enough dots, lines to the dots, you understood, wow, there's an elephant on my paper. Well, there's a lion on my paper. But when you first got your paper, all you saw was dots. Well, see, that's us. All we can see is dots. But the more that we allow and trust God to go from one dot to the next dot to the next dot to the next dot, we, 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 become, we begin to understand the full picture that what God is, is bringing about to pass. But we have to trust God to take us from one dot to the next dot to the next dot. And this is what he was telling Habakkuk here in, in, in this prophetic book. The rest of uh, God's response to him goes on in speaking of the Chaldeans once again in the present tense. And let's pick Let's pick chapter 1 back up in verse 12. Now, Habakkuk still didn't fully understand what was going on, and he, he tells him in verse 12, he's speaking to God, he says, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God? This is not the verbiage being used of someone that is uh, doubting or not believing and not having faith in, her, in God. This is someone that he's using... Uh, verbiage that shows he does believe in God. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. See, he's, he's, he hears about the Chaldeans coming and wiping out people, and he's like, wait, wait a minute. You're not, that's not going to happen. We're your people. He says, O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, a rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of pure eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong. And once again, he uses this word. Why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallow up the man more wicked than he? He didn't understand. It, Assyria was wicked and you're going you're gonna to bring up a nation more wicked than them to take over them, but we're still going to be in bondage. He didn't understand it. Once again, he tells God that he's idly looking by. 
How many has ever felt like your prayers never go past the ceiling? Amen? There were times in our life that we may not feel godly. We may not feel uh, like we are God's chosen people. There's times we may not feel like God is hearing our prayers. But I want to encourage you this morning that God is absolutely hearing your prayers. And God is absolutely working in the background of your lives to bring about good. Amen? Now let's, let's jump on in the cha uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk declares to God that I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And I will answer concerning my complaint. So <laughs> Habakkuk says, I'm going to stand, I'm going to listen. And what does he say here? He says, I will answer concerning my complaint. So he's already waiting for God to come, come with the next thing and he's already planning what he's going to complain to God about next. I know no one here has ever done that. You ever listen to someone or hear or be in a conversation and all you're thinking about is what you're going to say next? Okay, never mind. Okay. This is what Habakkuk was doing. He, he said, okay, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to listen to what God says and then I'm going to come back with my next comeback. And God tells, he begins to speak once again to Habakkuk in verse 2 through 4. He tells him to write the vision. Tells him that the vision awaits its appointed time. Says it hastens, God's vision hastens to the end. It will not lie. And he tells him if it seems slow, wait for it. Because it's going to happen. There are times we pray and we seek God about something, and it seems like it's just like 20 minutes by, goes by and whatever we prayed God for, it happens. Or the next day or the next week. And then there's times we pray and we pray and we pray and we never see results about whatever we're praying about. Never get discouraged, even though it's harder to say than do. I realize that. Never get discouraged when it seems like you pray and God never answers that prayer. Because we have to trust in the sovereignty of God. We don't always understand why we're going through the things we're going or why we might have a certain hardship or why it seems like uh, the same thing happens over and over. Why do I struggle with this over and over? Why can't I defeat this? We have to trust the process, amen? We have to trust that God has taken us from one dot to the next dot to the next dot. For God is higher. His ways are higher than ours. We have to lean upon His understanding, not our own, amen? Once again, he tells them, it will surely come, it will not delay, and it will come at 
God's appointed time. Paul wrote that at the appointed God time, God sent his son Jesus. And that's how God works in his appointed time, not ours. But you look down in chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. Whose soul is puffed up? He's still speaking of the Chaldeans. But, it says. And remember, when you see the word but, it's so little to have so, so much of an impact. When you see the word but in Scripture, and it's pertaining to mankind, almost every single time it's in a negative context. But whenever you see the word but, and it refers to God, it's 100% always in a positive context. And we see that once again here. He says, but the righteous shall live by his faith. He's telling Habakkuk, through me, through faith in me, you can live by that faith. And that's what I'm declaring to you this morning. Amen? We have to trust that God is always, always working to make good out of our current situations. Book of Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. It doesn't say all of our life's experiences are good. It says all He's working together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. So God can take the good times and the bad times and the terrible times in our lives and ultimately make them for good. But we have to trust that. We have to trust the process. For it is in God's appointed time. See, God already had a plan for Habakkuk, the nation, his people. God already has a plan for you and me. He had all that planned out before God ever said, let there be light. And his plan will never be thwarted. Amen? And that plan is for us to become more and more like him every day. And we do so by allowing God to take us from one dot to the next dot to the next dot. James chapter 1 verse 25 says this, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. 2 Corinthians 3, 17-18 declares, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Once again, it is a step-by-step process. Jesus understands our distresses and our frustrations. Once again, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Since then, 
We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence, confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. Jesus is always working in the background. He's always working in the background. He's working in the background to bring us to salvation, and then the more and more we look into His Word, the more and more we persevere to bring us through the sanctification process of the Holy Spirit to make us more and more like Him. That is what God is doing for us. Habakkuk, if you continue in in chapter 3, verse 16, Habakkuk says that when he first heard the vision, when he first saw the vision, that rottenness entered his bones because of what was going to transpire once the Chaldeans came and devastated the land. Rottenness entered my bones, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble. Why? Because Habakkuk wasn't a unbelieving, doubting prophet. He was a prophet that absolutely believed in the God of the universe. And he put his faith and trust in that God. And we can too, amen? Chapter 3, verse 19 of Habakkuk says that you make my feet like the deer's so that I can go upon my high places. This is a reference to uh, them being able to go up on the cliffs, the narrow cliffs, and, and be able to walk and have their balance and not fall on these high cliffs with just barely something to stand on, and God can do the same for us. Amen? Where we have to stress the process. Let's pray this morning. Father, I ask that you forgive us for our times of doubts. I ask that you help us when we're frustrated. Help us when we don't understand to always, always believe in you. Father, help us to understand and always remember that you do have an appointed time for everything to happen in our lives. And God, I ask that when we go through life, Father, help us to trust that process. Help us to put our faith and our trust in you. I ask that Help us to remember that we can boldly come before you. That we do not have to fear. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says we've been given a a spirit of fear, spirit of power. Sorry. 
It says we have not been given a spirit of fear again. That word again, Father, is so important. We don't have to fear you. Adam and Eve feared you, God, because they had transgressed you. But Father, you have made a way for us to once again be close to you. Father, I just ask, help us to come before you boldly. Help us to understand that we can come before you and be honest with our pain. We can be honest with our feelings because you understand our frustrations and our feelings because you experienced everything that we have or ever will yet without sin. Thank you, God, that you are our high priest. That we can come and we can simply just be in your presence. Help us to trust the process this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah.